Welcome to Archie and Me, an Archie Comics podcast. I'm Josh. And I'm Brandon. And today we are doing a review episode, but it's a special review episode because we've got another guest. <gasps> a Christmas guest. A Christmas guest. Brought Hello. on uh, for his uh, Christmas expertise, right? Yeah, I am the uh, renowned expert in all things jolly, all things uh, holly, <laughs> and uh, all, well, all things all things joyous. There you go. And it's a nice sweater, too. I appreciate it. I put the Christmas sweater on just for you guys. The winter sweater. It's, there's a, <laughs> it's outside. It's getting cold. I figured it's time for me to pull out the uh, the winter sweaters. Our guest is actually sweating. <laughs> it's it's eighty five degrees in my apartment right now. Well, this is Zach Sizemore, who is the host of the Lunar Orbit, which is a post rock sort of ambient music uh, podcast that he puts out. You can find it on Spotify. You can follow it on Instagram at the Lunar Orbit. W R I R it is, uh, I mean, you, you've pitched it as like great study music. It is, it is like just wonderful uh, to just put on and be transported music, I think. Yeah, I pitch it as it's an exploration of music that I listen to whenever I want to do something else. <laughs> yeah. It's all, yeah, I... it's post rock, it's ambient music, it's, and it's my kind of exploration of those genres, those bands, and talking about them. But uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, you can listen to it in podcast form and on the website, of course. But I I do love listening to it when I'm driving home late at night. Sometimes it's like great for like a late night. Home yeah, drive. I should say. I, well, I'll I'll pitch what it's on. It, I, it's hosted on WRIR, which is a local Richmond, Virginia radio station, local nonprofit uh, radio station, and uh, at one in the morning. So if you're if anyone listening is awake at that time throw it on otherwise it's available as a podcast more importantly than being a uh, music podcast host i am a renowned christmas expert and historian. i have i have a christmas historian yeah if you will and uh, <laughs> the main reason is that i have convinced brandon and josh to let me come on their podcast knowing nothing about archie at all uh, just to talk about christmas <laughs> well you know you know there's someone who did their uh doctoral work in chris the history mm -hmm, of christmas mm -hmm. i'm sure well today we are talking about archie's christmas stocking which is part of the archie showcase digest number 16 and i feel like we haven't talked about it that much but it is the 50th anniversary of the archie digest yeah we don't we don't usually do digests on the show but um we read them and we enjoy them quite a bit yeah, I was, I was reading a little article about how, I think, I, I forget who it was at Archie, but they were talking about how there were all the TV guides on the stands of the grocery store, and they are like, why can't we throw some comics up there? And some people were like, that's a terrible idea, and guess what? 50 years later. <laughs> it has to be the number one way people get into it, right? Is you're, you're a kid in the grocery store, and you're with your parents buying a candy bar, and you see the little comic book right above the candy and you grab that and then you're a lifelong archie fan yeah we've had several guests mention uh getting digest from grocery stores as a kid and how that was a great entry point i mean these are they're, they're thick uh they're like you know like 190 pages or something they've got most of the stories in them are usually like somewhere between six to eight pages sometimes they're multi-part 
and and it's uh you just get a ton of stories for not that much money so i'm a big fan of the digest so yeah we always ask people about their archie origin uh story but it seems like you don't have much of archie origin <laughs> story zach so what's your christmas origin story just <laughs> well i'll say my my christmas origin story, it was a cold night in in <laughs> my archie origin story is that i have i come to archie as a big fan of what they try to do in the sense of so i'm a big i'm a big i'm a comic reader but i'm a bigger manga reader and one of the reasons i like manga so much is because it seems in that format what's what's the word genre medium they are there's a lot more books that tell kind of you know slice of life stories slice of life normal everyday stories where it's just about characters like living in a town and sometimes it's a comedy or a drama but it's not like a mystery or a thriller or an action movie or a superhero comic and that is something that that to me has been always distinctly lacking in western comics they just don't do it as much you know for good or for bad except for the huge exception which is 50 60 years of archie which is exactly what that is it's a it's a story about kids growing up in a town and like having their life so it's great zach i don't want to blow your mind but it's over 80 years see see as you can tell (laughs) i'm not the archie historian is it really over 80 years i had no idea i guess it started Mm -hmm. in the 40s right so yeah it did yeah and well it shows its longevity too if it's if it's around for 80 years the formula works oh yeah i mean the, the characters are so iconic the looks are so iconic and and I think you're totally right about Slice of Life. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of Archie, you know, weird sci-fi stories and there's Archie superheroes and there's Archie horror and all that other stuff. But I do love that uh, stripped down at the end of the day, most of these stories are just uh, funny hijinks uh, between high schoolers <laughs> that exist in a kind of timeless period. It's never, you know, quite, you know, the year is never quite, you know, explicit and, uh and you know the ages are never quite explicit um and riverdale in and of itself is almost like a fairy tale town you know and uh in that way it's a really nice escape which i think a slice of life manga is too as well yeah it's something you notice in this book specifically and is that they play with the time and the ages and the stuff all the time so like you'll be reading one story and it'll be clearly like the 1950s like band they've got like a 50 style band and they've got like old cars and stuff like that and then you flip to another one and it's like archie's on a cell phone <laughs> got mm-hmm. you know a modern car so and you can it's it's great it's like a totally out of time like you said zach have you seen the uh, simpsons archie gag no oh, i'll have to send it to you it's really it's really <laughs> great so everyone should look that up just look up simpsons archie <laughs> gag it's, it's fantastic I've seen the robot chicken episode about the Archie. Oh, I haven't seen that. (laughs) So yeah, let's jump in. We're not going to talk about every single story. And Brandon, what I came to realize is with our Christmas coverage last year, we have read some of these stories. Yeah. That's what's fun. You know, uh, reading a lot of Christmas collections is that you see some of the same stories pop up again and again. But also there's plenty of new ones that I haven't read or I don't remember reading. (laughs) So like like Josh said earlier, uh, we all pick some of our favorite stories. 
Zach, since you're the guest, let, let's kick it off with you. What was one of the stories that really stood out to you in this collection? I, I have a bunch, but I've, I've, you've made me winnow it down to a, a usable amount that can fit into a, doesn't make this three hours long. The, the first one I really, really liked was the story called Santa Baby. Um, it's by Dan Parent, student and pen, story and pencils. Um, looks like Bob Smith does the inks and Glenn Whitmore for colors and Jack Morelli for letters. Uh, this one, Good old Jack Morelli. Old Jack, <laughs> I tell you what, just from listening to the show, I've become a huge Dan Parent fan. And so his name stuck out to me immediately reading this it's the story of noel santa's daughter who has become another one of my favorite characters just in the little <laughs> bit of archie i've read she comes to earth uh betty and veronica are at pops it looks like having a nice uh winter lunch noel shows up and she's like i really need a break from christmas and from santa and from being you know stuck in the uh the elves workshop stuff like that so she ends up just spending uh days and days lounging around veronica's mansion and she's like they they're like they're like hey do you, we're going to this christmas event do you want to come no i'm gonna lay in my towel and uh relax oh okay well we're coming to this christmas event do you want to go no i'm gonna lounge around in my bathroom all day and it's just a it's a whole vibe it's a great vibe i you know what you're working uh nonstop building the toys for the kids and you need a break and you don't want to be drug around by your friends to a bunch of christmas <laughs> events but is this why you keep saying no to my invites it is yeah well one because they're all christmas <laughs> events and two because <laughs> i am the daughter of santa claus and i need some time off so you said she comes you said she comes to earth is it of your mind that <laughs> santa is from a different planet <laughs> the north it has to be right the, the, the North Pole cannot exist on this mortal plane. And there's got, it's got to be stuck in some kind of weird cosmic universe where they can make yeah, maybe another appear. dimension. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Like they go to the, it's like the North Pole is like a plane in D and D where you, you can <laughs> jump through it. Oh yeah. 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 I just love the fact that, uh, Archie and the gang apparently have all these connections. You know? <laughs> yeah. They know Santa Claus personally. <laughs> they know Santa Claus daughter personally. I was, and it's no big deal. Yeah. You know, it's and like, oh, hey. Santa Claus himself is like a main character in half these stories. And it's like, oh, hey, Santa's in Riverdale again. <laughs> Good to see you, Santa. And yet, the other half of the stories are about them buying presents for each other. So Santa's kind of dropping the ball there, I think. Yeah. Well, it's because his daughter left and like he didn't. He was like, oh, I got to go. <laughs> I got to track down Noel. The great, it's got this, this story's got a great ending though, because after she lounges around all day and night and can't be bothered to go do anything, she, um, she sees a, she starts watching YouTube and, or, or face space live is what they call it. She's watching <laughs> face space live and she tunes into the toy drive at the hospital and she realizes, Oh man, well, this looks great. All this giving and these kids are so joyous. And she ends up joining Betty and Veronica at the, uh, at the hot, at the, toy drive and and says you know i guess giving's just in my blood so she found the true yeah. meaning after all uh and it, what it shows you is after you get a break then you can really come back to your real job renewed and ready to go that's true yeah. yeah yeah taking care of yourself is important one of my favorite two panels in this uh I, we did talk about this last year i think because this story is very familiar but uh is noelle's like at the movie theater or whatnot and she's saying uh, what can what can I watch? Or is this movie theater at Veronica's? Yeah, yeah. You know, whatever. In the it mansion. is, it is, yeah. And then Santa just appears on the screen and she says, Daddy, how did you get on the screen? And he just says, 
I have my ways. <laughs> Santa's power set. Always fluid, I think. Yeah, suddenly he can, he can transform into a TV. So one story that I really love is uh, called What Friends Are For. And uh, it, it well, it's, let's see. I'm looking at the title here. and It says Christmas Lovin' and What Friends Are For. But anyway, it is a pop story. We love pop on the show. And uh, we're in his is, diner. We're in his diner. Yeah. Nice, cozy fire roaring in the fireplace. So Archie and Jughead uh, pop into Pops. And uh, Pop is being a little bit of a humbug. He is stressed out. He's grumpy. He literally says, Bob, left off the humbug. Uh, and they ask him, of course, you know, what, what what's going on? Why, why, why are you so uh, grumpy? And he's basically talking about how much he's in debt and how much, he, you know, how little money he has. <laughs> and he is, isn't he in debt because they keep coming? They're not paying for their tab. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, it's revealed very quickly that he's in that he has money problems precisely because he's been way too generous with the teenagers in his shop, giving them free food, letting them build up tabs without paying it off. There's a really great one line joke where Pop has told him this information. And as they're leaving, Jughead goes, I almost felt bad for putting it on my tab. <laughs> still still doing it can we talk about page 48 where Jughead has a scarf over his mouth it's just like a really great I like the, <laughs> that's a great the, the, yeah. the winter fashion is is great I love the way snow is drawn in these in the Archie house style where it's just just, just big old white balls, white balls across the panel did we mention that this was a uh, Frank Doyle and no. Stan Goldberg with Rudy Lapik on inks and Bill Yoshida on letters? We have now. Basically, uh, even though Jughead did put his latest meal on tab, uh, after after some talk, they decide to round up the gang, round up the other teens, and finally pay Pop back all the money they owe him. So they gather together, they gather all the cash, they bring it to Pop. Pop is so excited to finally get all the money back that he immediately declares that he's going to throw a Christmas party and uh, all the food and drink are on him. And so immediately he puts himself back in this position. But I love the last panel because uh, after Pop has reverted back to his ways of, of uh, giving free food and generosity to all these kids, he just looks so happy. And he's like, uh, he's like, I'm right where I I'm back right where I started from. But at least they can't say I don't have the holiday spirit for my best friends. And I love a good pop story where Pop just loves Loves the teenagers that come into his shop. I love I, it. The, my favorite visual gag in that scene is at the end. His cash register, his his, the table's covered in empty plates, and the kids are waving goodbye. And the cash register just says "no sale." <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering if they ever did a parody of a of a Christmas Carol and uh, and an Archie comic. Oh, who, who would pop? Would pop just because they get He's basically would pop be Scrooge. Well, I would even like like Reggie to be Scrooge or something. Or and Hiram like, Lodge. Yeah, and like maybe they don't learn their Hiram lesson. Hiram Lodge is the <laughs> obvious, the obvious Scrooge. But who would be the ghosts? Jughead, Jughead would have to be Christmas present. Well, Archie would have to be one just to annoy, you know, to uh -huh. annoy him. I think. <laughs> um, and then Christmas past, I don't know. Like, would it be? We have to come up with this pitch. Yeah, we got it. Uh, this is our if we pitch. revealed, if the, <laughs> unless they've already if the done reveal it. The reveal was that Archie is is Christmas future, and he's just a ghost. He's just dead under the ropes. <laughs> um, 
have you have y'all seen the uh the black adder christmas carol yeah, special? Yeah, yeah oh yeah so so good my other pitch for the ghost is that it's just always archie and he gets really mad he's he just... <laughs> 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 <It's> like ah <laughs> also i'm just i'm i'm loving uh archie's coat in this that red coat mm. the, the winter josh is right the winter fashions all through this book are killer the coats the scarves <laughs> the 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 there's a great in the next story which i don't know if anyone has on their list but in the next story veronica has an awesome like red coat with like a black skirt oh yeah such a good outfit yeah if anybody needs to like what should i buy josh for clothes for christmas just look at an archie <laughs> died christmas digest Archie style book. Oh, I'll take it. <laughs> you know those little like what are they called? The cut. Oh, someone's gonna be so mad. Where you like cut out the little fashions and you put paper Collage. dolls. You know what I'm talking oh, about? Paper oh, paper dolls. dolls. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Archie paper dolls. Let's do it. So I feel like we already texted about the story. So of course I think it's one we all liked, but it's a one pager, and that's the mm-hmm. Dilton Doily and Peach of a Peach of a Speech. This is my favorite story in the whole collection. <laughs> It's such it's such a good gag. It was originally published in a Christmas stocking issue from uh 1972. Oh, so was that was when did this come out? When was 50 years ago? <laughs> oh gosh. This this looks like it's a 20 pager though. I don't think this is a Oh, it's not from a digest. Yeah. So in this one, we just it's a one pager. We get four panels and then three panels at the bottom. And it's Dilton. He's trying to figure out how he's going to present Nancy her Christmas present. <laughs> he wants to like be so eloquent. And he, he thinks of these different ways to like compliment her. And he knocks on the door. And she, she has one line. She says, yes, Dilton. And then what happens? He's too nervous. He just says, here. He just throws it As he runs away. The face, the face in this last panel. And he's just like, oh, here. I felt that. I felt that, Dilton. It's one of the best. It, 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 I love Dilton when he has crutches. It's one of the best jokes. It's one of the best jokes of the book. It, I cracked up. Well, it's one of those things where it's like you're willing to spend, like if it's me one pager, you're willing to set up, the, spend so much time setting up this joke that definitely pays off. Yeah, and the, the, oh, yeah. this uh, we can really overanalyze this one page, but it builds so well. It's uh, like he's ready to go. He's got the <laughs> he's got the paint the the package. He's like psyching himself up, and then like the last one. Oh no! He he's even written options. <laughs> yeah. You know, talking about you know how, uh, talking about you know how how important she is and confessing his love, and they just all go out the window. It it happens to the best of us. It's true. So speaking of like short, really punchy, great gags, the second story I loved was called A Close Shave. And I think it. Oh, yes. This the is script on my is list called Mike, by, uh, The script's by Mike Pal. Uh, I'm going to butcher his name. Pawlowski? Pawlowski? Um Pencils are by Stan Goldberg. Inks are by Henry Scarpelli. And the letters are by Bill Yoshida. This is... <laughs> It's such a good setup. Archie is at the mall, doing playing a mall Santa. He's got the beard on. And the other mall Santa says to him, oh, I've got this great stuff to make sure you uh, keep your beard on. <laughs> and it turns out it's a super cemento glue. <laughs> the, the strongest glue around. Yeah. <laughs> so Archie 
like he does, of course, has to go to a party later that night. And so he panics. He says, there's no way I'll ever get this beard off. He runs off through the mall, goes to the drugstore, gets the antidote to like take the beard off. There's a great scene. It's <laughs> a great scene where he's sprinting out the door and a kid goes to, turns to her mom and says, look, mommy, a wacky looking elf. And she's got that. Don't look, honey. Look <laughs> about her. <laughs> yes, exactly. Ignore, ignore, ignore the weird redheaded <laughs> Santa. He runs all through the he runs all through the the mall, gets the antidote, and then uh, the fantastic punchline at the end is he shows up to the party. He gets the beard off. He looks great. He's got his suit on. Shows up to the Christmas party, and uh, Veronica says, "Oh, aren't you? You made it!" And everyone at the party is wearing the Santa beards. And she hands him, uh, she hands him a new beard. He's like, "Oh, great! What a what a great idea!" It's just like, it's like four page. It's like I don't know how many pages. Like five pages. Great setup. Hilarious joke. The super cemento glue got me. And there's a and play- <laughs> there's a panel. There's a panel on the second page where it's just a zoomed in. It's a zoomed in image of Archie's face with the beard. And he goes, I can't show up looking like this. And it's the most shocked expression. <laughs> you texted that panel to us and I, I, I couldn't it as soon as I looked at it. Well, it plays into one of my biggest anxieties. And that's like, not even it has to be a party, but going somewhere and not knowing what to expect, right? Mm. Like if I'm you know, going to a party and like, everyone's wearing yeah. beards here. Why? <laughs> I, I got to go home. I didn't. Why? No one said this. No one said this. It's your fault. I need to put my own beard on. It's why he's it's and you can tell he's like all nervous for the party. He's like ready to go. He's like, okay, I just gotta run to the mall, do this quick like Santa thing, and then I'll go get dressed for the party. And then of course, as always happens, he he gets stuck in a uh in a wacky situation. So another one I want to talk about was in a story called The Archie's Ode to Santa. And it's Frank Doyle and script and Harry Lucy on art. And Harry Lucy has become one of my favorite Archie artists. He's got a great sense of motion whenever he does stuff. And his opening panel is, is just great. It's got the Archies playing. And, you know, we have to decide what's our favorite Archie's lo- lineup at some point, because mm. sometimes Jughead plays the drums, but sometimes Reggie plays the drums. Mm. And in this one, Reggie's playing. But, the big conceit of it is that they're playing these new Christmas songs, which probably one of the hardest things to do is write a new Christmas song, right? Mm-hmm. My morning jacket just just attempted it. We're not. Sh- we had the oh the, yeah, the yeah, jury's, yeah yeah the jury's. You know how what? do you feel pretty about good. it? It's pretty good. The critical the critical jury is still out. <laughs> well, isn't that maybe some aren't in the Christmas spirit yet? <laughs> they're not ready for the season. So, um, Mr. Lodge, of course, is so <laughs> angry. And he's, I like, there's a panel, which is, again, great Harry Lucy art. He says, what are they doing to Christmas? (laughs) And the music notes are so jagged and stuff. So we know it's like, I mean, we don't know if it sounds good or bad. It's maybe they're jagged because it doesn't sound good to them. It could sound great to Archie. It's rock and roll. But to to Lodge and to the other uh, seniors in the town, they're like, this isn't real music. We can't put up with this. He wants to get another adult opinion, so he brings in Smithers, and uh, Smithers grabs his shirt and shakes him and says, is this the thanks I get for years of loyal, faithful service? <laughs> <laughs> and he says, hit it, boys. Um, they get kicked out. 
by they start throwing yule logs at them like it is, and that, logs. The, that panel it is just a giant log that they're, that they're, they're it's it's the it's the spirit of the yeah. log <laughs> what makes a log yule just that you use it around christmas that's well, yes christmas historian but yeah 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 <laughs> Well, in the 1755, old Dr. Yule went down and chopped down a tree near the uh, town of Christmas, Minnesota. And they figured, well, that's a, that's a Yule's log. And ever since then, Yule's log has uh, morphed into a Christmas tradition. I just imagine that there, you've got logs sitting by the fireplace. And eventually, on a certain day, maybe it's December 20th, maybe it's December 18th, it just you have to start calling it Yule Logs. So this Wikipedia article says these three are the interchangeable. I disagree. It says Yule log, Yule clog, or Christmas block. They made up a Yule clog. And what is a Christmas block is just the uh, Charlie Brown and then the Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and then the uh, Christmas cartoons. Oh, like a TV block? Yeah, your TV block, your Christmas block. I was thinking like a Christmas block is the opposite of hanging mistletoe. (laughs) <laughs> so like you have to like Josh to me. not go on go ahead what are you like, say? Not, it's like anti-kissing what do you do you hit each other when you step over <laughs> oh, we st- we're... <laughs> I was leaving that in that's the end of... <laughs> oh yeah I'm not editing that out um, so, they, so Lodge kicks them out <laughs> no talk about your Christmas what is the logic of a Christmas block that so when you if you if you kiss under a mistletoe, yeah. so what do you do when you're, you're around the Christmas block? Well, I mean, a Christmas block is is when when you know you're, you're blocked from from the kiss. Oh, it's like mm-hmm. okay, you know, Christmas block. I get you. Okay, is it a now, do, is it a like a brick on the floor? So instead of mistletoe yeah, on it's the just floor, a it's just a big brick that sits there. It's like that's the Christmas block. There's no kissing, no joy in this room. <laughs> It's like uh, it's like the the Festivus pole. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so in the story, they get there's this older couple that's walking by and he overhears them talking, and they're like, "We're open minded old folks." And there's a great uh, panel on page one twelve where they they are open minded. Their arms are around each other, and they start to play "Saka to Me, Santa Claus." And the reactions of the old folks and the Harry Lucy art is just so, so good. They, the hat flies off his head. <laughs> yeah. Talk about, talk about their, their illustrations of motion, the way that he's got like his, his hair shooting out, his hat shooting up his hands. Like it's like he's been struck by lightning. The song is so, I don't <laughs> the song so much. And I just noticed this like in between jokes. So the whole time the older lady is holding an umbrella and in the page turn, we don't see it actually happen, but you see that Reggie's head has been, she smashed <laughs> Reggie with the umbrella. Uh, I love that when it's like a little bit of like in between, you know, page storytelling. But it turns out, you know, Hiram Lodge, maybe he's he's feeling a little Christmassy and he, he rents them out. He, I don't know how he did this so quickly, <laughs> but he, he gets them a practice space. And, you know, he's just kind of like, my generation has no right to criticize your music as long as we don't have to listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a sharp turn from him throwing the the tree at him two pages earlier. Something else I noticed, there's a ton of great, like, talk about good facial expressions in Archie. This issue is full of them. Like, 
the I think it's page one thirteen after after he gets hit with the umbrella, the uh, the angry faces that they've got scowling that no one appreciates their Christmas music are so well drawn. And this is kind of like a common theme with the Archies where like, uh, especially in these older comics where the adults just, they just don't get it. They don't get <laughs> it. It's, it's the perfect, it's the perfect story for teenagers because there's, if there's one universal thing, it's that teenagers, uh, scare the S out of everybody. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a, it's like a thing we talk about where it's like, this is a, a safe world to visit. We're like, this is them being bad, right? <laughs> this is like, acceptable um uh, acceptable um rebellion mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah it's like they so the, their big their big thing they did wrong was write a band to write christmas songs that's the big offense mm-hmm. the other story that i have that i loved was called archie and out on a limb and uh this one is pretty short but it is it's archie talking to the reader it's by oh thank you it's by al hartley who does both the writing and the art and Bill Yoshida's doing the lettering. And it is on page looks like 146. And Archie's talking to the reader and he is saying that, uh, that uh, he's going to show us the reader, uh, everybody's Christmas tree for the year. And to which Veronica adds that a Christmas tree reveals a lot about someone's personality. So you can kind of tell where this is going. Okay. We start with Jughead's tree. And uh, he explains to us that uh, that he loaded it up with candy canes and strings of cranberries and popcorn and fresh fruit. Apparently, was fresh fruit a thing in like in the fifties? Oh, sure, yeah. To put on a tree, yeah. I mean, the popcorn, I get. You know, candy cane. Anyway, the joke, of course, is that the next panel shows that it's completely <laughs> empty because he ate everything he put on the tree. Which you know, top tier Jughead tree says a lot about Jughead. And then Reggie comes in, and I, you know, Reggie's always got to be competitive. He says, "Let's go to my house now. I'll show you a tree that's really trimmed." <laughs> he's aggressive about, and he's the got the best, like, the best grin, the giant smile. Like, this is this will be the tree. Also, an ascot, which you know, the ascot let's bring with back. the uh, with the Blade Runner style collar. Yeah, I don't know what's going on there. That's cool though. But of course, Reggie's the joke with Reggie's tree is that he he he's very competitive. So he went above and beyond. It is just every square inch covered in ornaments. Then we get Veronica's, where uh, it goes beyond the panel. Yeah. <laughs> goes beyond the panel. It is a giant tree uh, outside the mansion. She mentions that it is taller than the Rockefeller Center uh, Radio City tree. Uh, <laughs> she says that that's the second uh, tallest tree. So hers must be the tallest. That panel with the giant tree is such a good perspective because the characters are all like in the far left as tiny ants, but then the tree is even like twice as tall as the mansion, the three-story mansion. Oh yeah, it's <laughs> yes, huge. yes, yes. <laughs> and then we cut to Moose's. Yep. Where he said, "Oh, I tried something different this year. <laughs> Real candles, and I'm surprised his house didn't burn down." I know. Right? <laughs> Jughead is in such shock; his crown is blown. <laughs> Not like fallen off his head to the side. It has pop flown up into the air. Do you think they got to his house like right after the fire went out? Or like, did the fire? <laughs> uh, next we get Dilton, which is probably my favorite one. You know, we love we loved Dilton on this show. And uh, he just built a machine that's a Christmas tree. And he controls it from like a computer console. 
where the tree plays Christmas carols and recites the Christmas story, addresses his Christmas cards uh, so to mail them automatically, and keeps him informed on the number of shopping days till Christmas. Of course, he would in- invent something like that. Yeah, and the console is like complicated. He's got he's pulling levers. He's like, like a mad science switches. And it's like it's, it's a machine that he very clearly like stuck a wooden Christmas tree facade onto. Exactly. Betty's tree is classic sweet Betty. Uh, she handmade ornaments representing her friends to remind her of uh, how fortunate she is to have so many great friends. It's very sweet. I Betty's love Betty so much. panels are also the shortest, like the most sentimental. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, okay, we're going to jump right past this. <laughs> And then, you know, the, the joke at the end is that finally we get to see Archie's tree and we don't actually see it, uh, what it looks like standing up because the first image we get of it is he has gone inside his house, <laughs> tripped, fallen on the tree and completely collapsed into the floor. Oh, Archie. This is one of the best, um, like, this is one of the best, like, ensemble cast stories of the whole book. Yes. You get everybody in it. You get everyone's personalities. It's great. So we talked about Dilton's Christmas tree in that last story. We have to talk about Dilton and in a pickle <laughs> by Frank Doyle and Al Hartley. And this is page 172. So this one's great because I've premised to getting Dilton in a Christmas uh, outfit. It's, it's a little, you know, they're shooing at it. You know, they're like, how do we get him in the outfit? Um, but he wins a contest where he has to wear a Santa Claus suit for the Riverdale Little Folks Club. And I love it because everyone immediately starts making fun of him. Mm -hmm. They're like, it's going to be so giant on you. And then when you see the drawing of him in the Santa suit, it is so, (laughs) it's so great. Uh, His eyes look so big too within (laughs) the glasses. I feel like we have to show a panel of this on on, on Instagram. (laughs) But he really, it is really just way too big. for He's swimming in it. He looks so <laughs> scared, I would say. But so determined. Yes. yes. <laughs> he says, I'm tired of passing up opportunities because of my size. I won the privilege of being a Santa for the kids. And by gosh, I'm going through with it. And when he gets there, the kids scream. <laughs> They're like, he's shrinking. He's going to disappear. He won't last until Christmas. <laughs> So he runs in the other room and they decide to switch him out for Moose. And they're like, how can we explain this? And Archie's like, well, there's a cure for it. And what you just need to. And he asked Jughead. Jughead's like, pickles, eat pickles. <laughs> so the story ends where everyone's happy to see Moose in the Santa suit. And, you know, they saved the day. But. The last panel is that all the kids were so impressed by Santa's transformation <laughs> that they eat way too many pickles. If, if there's one panel from this that that you should show people, it's it's on 174 when he starts running off. He says, "Mrs. Claus, to you, <laughs> Mr. Claus, to you," and he slips. And the image of him like flying through the air, going "Oops!" in the giant Santa. <laughs> He looks like one of those little kids wearing their like their parents' clothes. <laughs> yeah. It's a very archy thing for them to run into police officers just like walking around. <laughs> just randomly. But Riverdale's a very safe place, you know. The police officer like the police officer picks up he falls. The police officer picks him up off the ground, stands him back up, uh, apparently pulls out a club to tell him 
you ought to be ashamed of yourself for mocking Santa. Puts the club away. And then he runs off saying size doesn't matter. Is this the same police officer who told Jughead his shorts were too short in that story? <laughs> so I, I don't have another story to talk about because um, you guys have, have covered so many of my favorites. But I do want to mention a few little things throughout the digest that I love. Uh, there's a there's a story called This Looks Like a Job for Sugar Plum on page like 124, 125. This is the only, only story I think I remember doing this in this digest, but Dan DiCarlo, legend, he does this amazing thing where he just, he draws like marginalia illustration across the, around the page of the title of page of the comic. Obviously, this is, this is an audio, audio medium, so it's hard to describe. But uh, no, he just does this beautiful like mistletoe Christmas uh, like sort of border of art around the uh, first page, uh, uh, you know, um, off panels. That's just I really loved. That was really cool. I also uh, there's a great panel um, in, in a, a story where Archie is you know not having great luck with technology, and he's just like jumping up and down, screaming that machines are ruling the world. Whatever happened to people? <laughs> Very postmodern Archie. The last thing I want to mention is there's an episode or an episode. There's an issue. Well, not even an issue. There's a story where, uh, you know, everybody at the school is trying to get into the Christmas spirit, except for the principal, Mr. Weatherby. And even Miss Grundy is in the spirit and she's trying to get Mr. Weatherby in the spirit. And she tells him a Christmas spirit, big daddy. Why don't you get into it? <laughs> no comment. Just wanted to just wanted to put that out there. Well, the last one I was going to talk about, and since we talked about it already, I'll go, I'll just mention some of the stuff I really liked about it instead of giving kind of a summary. But I was going to shout out, this looks like a job for Sugar Plum, the story Brandon talked about. It only because I thought it was cool that it's a four-part full story about Sugar Plum, the elf, who just doesn't know how to stop giving things away and gets her into all kind of ridiculous situations like she she comes to Earth. She doesn't want to make toys. So Betty and Veronica are like, okay, we'll get you a job. So they get her a job at a toy store, which has one of my favorite panels in the comic where she goes up to the exasperated, exhausted manager and goes, I'd like a job. And he goes, can you breathe? She's like, yeah. He's like, you're hired. <laughs> the character, the design of him just completely exhausted. It's great. She starts, she gives away all the toys she gets a job at the bank. She gives away all the bank's money. She gets a job at a daycare. And they're like, this is perfect. She'll be great with the kids. She starts flying the kids around the room. They can't, they got to fire her for that. She can't, she can't do it. It's against that. the rules. It's against the rules. It's simply, there's nothing we can do. We have to get rid of you. You can't fly the kids around. And then there's, there's two things. This is like a four part story. So I want to talk about the whole thing, but two things I want to highlight. One, this story had some of the my favorite character designs, like the panel where Sugar Plum is getting so angry because she can't figure out Christmas has got one of the best angry faces. She's and then the panel directly uh, next to that one just has a hamburger with a Santa hat on. And that's delightful. <laughs> but yeah, I love all four of those stories are great. I would definitely shout out those if people want to people want to get a full story arc that one's really good and then the last thing i would mention the the last thing i wanted to shout out was a cool exception to all the other stories which was um the the only little archie in this whole book oh yeah called land of the lost where it's archie as a kid and he goes on some crazy mythical adventure with into like 
the him what are the Huckamock swamps and the creepy <laughs> swamps and the uh the he meets a Christmas elf and has this whole wacky adventure. It's it's, it's really good. It's great. <laughs> but the talk, just talk about like the art for a second. The art in this book is fantastic. The way that they color the swamp, they color Archie like going through the swamp and the way they use lighting and they take all the color out of him when he's in uh in the dark so he's just kind of like a blue shade and when he's talking to the elf uh they're kind of like in the foreground but they're both shadows um they're they do some really really cool stuff with lighting in the panels in this that are like lit by torches and like candles and stuff like that where the characters are shadows and the lights are shining in different interesting ways. Like it's really, it's a, it's a fun mythical story and it's really cool art. And that's something, that's something me and Brandon have been talking about. It's like wanting to read more little Archie. I could totally get into little Archie. I, I love the idea of all the, uh, all the characters as, as kids. And I love in little Archie that his dad still has hair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Archie's mom has looked lots of different ways throughout the years. Oh, his poor... Sorry, I just noticed in the first panel of this Land of the Lost story, his dog is covering his ears. (laughs) As Archie yells about missing his sneakers, his football sneakers. Well, here comes Pop with the check, and he's saying we don't have to pay. (laughs) Pop! Come on, you need to you need to pay your bills. <laughs> this is the it's the first time I've ever been, and he's like uh, free milkshakes for everybody. This is what luck. Pop is such a mensch. Well, the, it's good that the gang did just walk in with an envelope full of cash and then had a whole party. <laughs> well, thanks again, Zach, for joining us. Uh, Thank you for having me. We have many Christmas conversations uh, that are recorded, so we thought, why not have a Christmas conversation? That I is have recorded? successfully shoehorned my way into this podcast, and I feel great about it. <laughs> I only had to do it through uh, through bribing you with Christmas, and we barely touched on your Christmas hist- you know, history expertise. My, my, I know my Christmas <laughs> PhD. Well, next time I come, I'll have to give a whole dissertation about the uh, <laughs> the history of the sleigh ride and how it was meant as a metaphor for you know man's struggle through the wilderness and all that. And it's a pretty pretty fascinating topic. <laughs> Uh, and once again, people can listen to your uh, non-Christmas-related uh, programming. Uh, the Lunar Orbit, W-R-A-R, on Instagram. The Lunar Orbit uh, podcast on Spotify. If uh, while you're wrapping gifts, maybe, or putting milk and cookies out, you can listen to some post-rock. It's, it's, if you have That's any interest in post-rock, ambient music, I do math rock sometimes. Um, any interest at all, uh, check it out. I... I it's a whole show where I, I play the music. I talk about why I like it, why it's so good, um, the impact it has on music, stuff like that, you know, and, and hang out. It's a, it's a great thing to put on, like Brandon said in the background. And in December, I always do my big Christmas show every year. So that's something Ooh. to look forward to. Thank you all for checking out this episode. You can check us out on the social media, Archie and Me Pod, Archie and Me Podcast. You'll find it. We're around. <laughs> Wherever you listen to this, you can leave a rating review. It helps people find us. And just again, uh, thanks for listening. Bye. I'm no Betty or Veronica, not even Jughead. Don't you call me a Reggie. I'd rather be caught dead. Just two friends who don't know who they want to be. Let's see them figure it out.